Good evening and welcome. This is Heartstock Radio. I'm your host, Carol Murphy. Daniel Hogan is in the studio. And just want to remind you that you can email us at heartstockradio.gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, especially if you'd like to be a guest on our show. And you're an entrepreneur using business as a force for good. This week, our guest is Damian Parsons, and he is the founder of SizeWise. In just a moment, Damian will be with us and tell us all about what he is up to. This is Heartstock. Thanks for listening. As I went walking that ribbon of highway, I saw You're listening to Heartstock Radio, and today our guest is Damian Parsons. He is the founder of SizeWise. Hello, Damian. Hey, Carol. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being on Heartstock and sharing your story. Can you give our listeners just a little intro here? What is SizeWise, and what do you do there? Sure. So SizeWise is your personal style consultant and a marketplace tailored to meet your needs. Uh, We offer services to help men and women feel more comfortable about their personal style choices. Uh, SizeWise is driven by data and analytics to help shoppers discover clothes that fit their body type, style, and budget. Uh, I am the founder and CEO, started the company around seven years ago, and it's been a mission of mine uh, ever since I can remember my grandmother, she she was a seamstress. And I remember kind of long nights staying up with her watching Star Trek. She kind of sewed either my school uniform or someone else's dress or outfit. Uh, that just stuck with me. And most of the clothes that I wore or had was hand-me-down or, or handmade and, and tailor-made. So Having that experience is what I'm trying to deliver in size-wise and and share that with everyone. So where was your grandmother when she was doing the tailoring? And how does that play into size-wise and what you're offering to customers? Well, yeah, I was born and raised in Jamaica. So at the time when all this was happening, it was in the house that we all lived in. Uh, there was a sewing machine at the front of the house, and that's where she usually meet her customers. So a big part of that, too, and the influence, I think, that came from that in retrospect is kind of that personal one-on-one relationship with clothing. And through just me doing some research on trying to figure out what this service needed to be, I realized that it did have an impact on me and how clothes plays a very close and personal role in our lives without us even knowing it. So with size-wise, a part of the attempt too is to reduce the way we consume fashion today and get people to wear clothes that fit and last longer. Mm. So I'm really excited to hear more about the impact that size-wise can have in fashion. 
Um, we've had quite a few guests now kind of talk about some of the bad things that fashion is doing to our planet. And we'll get to that. But in the meantime, how did you get from Jamaica to where you are now? You're in Florida, right? I am in Florida. So uh, the story isn't that complicated. My mom, she got a pass to come to the U.S. Uh, She came here while I was still in Jamaica. I was finishing high school. Uh, So she worked hard to get what she needed done. And after a few years and graduating high school, I came up here to be with her. And that was over 20 years ago. And once you got to Florida, what was that like? Was it a big culture shock for you? Did you decide to go on to university? Are you self-taught? Uh, so yeah, there's a bunch of questions in there. I hope yes. I can answer them all. So yeah, when I when I first came here, it was definitely eye-opening and new for me. Uh, living in Jamaica all my life and coming to a country that all you heard was stories and things that you saw on TV commercials. The shock wasn't in seeing what was available to me. The shock was in not getting the the fo- story of what America had to offer. And my curiosity took the best of me. I went everywhere. I tried seeing everything. I mean, at the time when I was in high school, it was kind of difficult for me to focus and and figure out a direction. And I have to give credit to Miss McCarthy. She was my art teacher. And it was kind of serendipitous how I got into her class. I was trying to skip doing accounting and I thought art would be easy and I ended up getting into her class and at the end of the year a certificate for most improved and that was the first time ever in any curriculum that I've ever received that so I looked at that as a sign and uh, she saw something I didn't she was very hard on me and I thought she didn't like me but back I realized that yeah she was just pushing me in the right direction so When I got here, I started looking for programs, schools, things that could help further my education in design. And I ended up going to the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. After moving to New York, trying Parsons, trying to sign up for FIT, uh, the weather didn't agree with me. It was too pricey back then. So yeah, I moved back to Fort Lauderdale, uh, registered for graphic design, at the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. And yeah, I graduated with a BA and I transitioned myself into interactive design. So I was taught by Art Institute how to use programs and be a graphic designer, but I'm self-taught in programming and and learning interactive design. Hmm. And uh, before we came on the air, we were talking about software development and user experience. Can you kind of talk a little bit about how you got into that and how that's impacting what you're offering to customers? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So as I mentioned, when I graduated the Art Institute, I graduated with a degree in graphic design. 
And back then, the way they taught graphic design was all print and color separation and using font correctly. I remember a teacher telling me that you could never use an image from the internet and print it with good quality. So that's how long ago these conversations were happening. <laughs> things so, have changed a bit. <laughs> things have changed a bit. And yeah, I was always looking for the, the new challenge, the new thing. And back then, the newest, shiniest thing on the block was Flash. And I started getting into action script, and I loved the way websites had like mini intros. And I started digging around um, Macromedia and, and, and just wanted to learn more. So I started teaching myself how to code. I was using some of the designs practices and and all the patterns that I knew from the art institute and yeah my last year of college I actually got a job at this startup called iChameleon Group and yeah through there uh, I just started pursuing more of the interactive design than graphic design. And then when was the moment that you decided you were going to be you were going to <laughs> Do a startup and be an entrepreneur. Uh, so the moment kind of happened to me, and I'll be super transparent. The idea for SizeWise has always been around. I mean, if you ask any one of my friends, co-workers, I've always said SizeWise, but I never took action on it. The thing that really pushed me into it seven years ago was getting fired. Uh, I don't want to mention the company, but... It was one of those instances where corporate America kind of laid down the law on what they determine is correct. And yeah, it wasn't my first time. And that was the decision I made. And I'll kind of tell you the story of what happened. A year before getting fired, I actually, I was saving enough money to be debt-free. So I was paying off student loan cards, credit cards, the whole nine. The week I got fired is the week I paid off Sally Mae. <laughs> and so with that burden off my back, it was, it was kind of an opportunity that I didn't see immediately because I did fill out my resume. I did some interviews. I even flew to Austin where I met a friend. She ran an agency there and uh, I took the job position, and on the way back, uh, it didn't feel right. So I called her and I uh, explained to her the situation that I was in. And because she was close, it was easy to have the conversation. It was still a little bit difficult, but I know I could trust her with the information I was giving her. And I, I did feel a little bit guilty as well. And she surprised me. She said, Damien, uh, I think it's a great idea. Are you freelancing? And I told her yes. And that was my first freelance gig outside of corporate America. And yeah, the opportunity was to use the freelance earnings to do size wise. And that's how I started. At first, it was tough. It was difficult. There was a lot I didn't know. There's still a lot I don't know. But the opportunity of building this thing allowed me to, to gain a lot of knowledge that I never had before. So what have you taken with you, both from your family experiences and corporate America, that has kind of directed 
where you've gone with this. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, humility. It's patience. It's respect. It's people first. It's all those things. And it seems impossible, especially when we're in a culture that drive those things and their priority. But I've always wanted to see what it would be like to run an organization that is the opposite of what I've experienced. And yeah, it definitely comes with its challenges because you're in a country, you're in a world actually, because everyone kind of practice business the same. And I wouldn't say everyone, uh, that's kind of cast in a wide net, but the majority. And there are companies, by the way, that do practice things that I am trying to achieve, but they're not the most popular. I want to put people first. I want to be able to do good work and work that I'm proud of and and work that means something and is here to help people. And so, yeah, those are the values that I was raised with. And the ones that I'm trying to avoid actively is what I've learned from being in corporate America. Can you share with us? Oh, I don't know. I kind of hate to focus on the negative, but what kind of things did you see that really made you realize there's got to be a better way? There's so much, man. And it's hard to see when you're in it because that's what you went to school for four years for. And you go in and you do the job and that's what the job requires. But in hindsight, it's a competitive environment. You know, you, you put people in an office, in a building, in cubicles, and we're all competing for the same title, the same raise, the same client. There is friendships, there are camaraderies, but the nature of producing the work, I feel, deserves a revision. That's kind of my takeaway from it. And again, being a minority in corporate America, it it comes with its own challenges. So there's that. Indeed. And we're going to take our midway point break here. Just a moment. We'll be back with Damian Parsons of SizeWise. This is Heartstock. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to Heartstock Radio. I'm Carol Murphy, your host. Today, we are speaking with Damien Parsons. He is the founder of SizeWise. And Damien, you had mentioned that you were freelancing to help fund your startup. And this is a, oh gosh, it's time and money. There never seems to be enough when you're in startup mode. Were you able to find additional funding or are you completely self-funded? I've been completely self-funded since day one. And I think that opportunity came from getting debt-free. It was a part of my original plan. And I knew I needed to have a healthy war chest and not have debt uh, to, to kind of make 
bad decisions while I'm trying to build this thing. So getting debt free was definitely a part of this. So the opportunity that presents itself when you don't have credit card payments or a car note or, you know, multiple subscriptions to things that you hardly use is helpful. Uh, And I'm not going to say it is easy. Uh, There's been times when, yeah, it was cutting it close, but there was always a safety net in place. So, yeah, I mean, there there are days when or months or stretches where I just have to throttle back completely for a very long time. It was just uh, myself and, and one developer. I've been working with a developer in India for the past five years now. His name is Amit. And, yeah, he's been kind of like my yin to yang it's been great like it, it took me a while too to find him uh size wise has more travel miles than i do it's been to south america it's been to russia it's been to i've been looking for developers for a very long time and i'm the type of creative there and i'll tell you a story so a friend of mine we uh we both worked at an agency before and We both left a few years ago and we were catching up recently. And he said to me that whenever I came down to the developer studio and that's where like all the developers were at this agencies, like everyone would be afraid of getting the projects that I was assigned to. And I'm like, why? And they were like, because you were very particular, like you would see every pixel that's out of place. So I know I can be difficult to work with and I have a, a particular style and taste. And I carry that over too with the developers and with people I work with. And I've heard that comment time and time again. So yeah, finding the right people is usually a challenge for me because of of what I'm trying to build and what I'm looking for. So yeah, finding a mitt and getting size-wise where it needs to be. And granted, there is still a lot of work to do. As I mentioned earlier, patience, I've had to learn to just let things go. And that was the most difficult part for me. When you don't have a drove of hands helping with a particular thing, and it's all on you. It's 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 a matter of exercise and priority. So, yeah, it, it's it's been it's been a fun ride, and I've been enjoying all the obstacles. And I have this saying now that came from building size wise, and it's it's not meant to be negative. But when people ask how's it going, I usually say I'm swimming upstream with my head above water. <laughs> And as a user, what will SizeWise do? What will the user experience be like? So the idea behind SizeWise is to provide everyone with a size profile. And what that means is giving people the control to update their sizes whenever they'd like. I think the one thing that we're missing in the equation of manufacturing products and clothing is is the customer. The customer is frequently changing. We change every year, we change every decade, we change over a Thanksgiving meal. And this information is not being passed on to brands or manufacturers. 
So with a size profile, what we're able to do is use the physical measurements of your body and match it against products that are already out there. Uh, and this is the short-term plan. Uh, the long-term plan is to provide the information to tailors and seamstresses around the world so clients can get custom-made products from an artisan in Nigeria or Lebanon and not worry about fit. And we talked a little bit earlier about impact. How will all of this have a positive impact and how does that tie into your your mission? Uh, it, ha- it will have a huge impact. Uh, well, it's still theory. Uh, I'm still trying to find product market fit. But the idea is if we can save 1% of returns, we will be saving brands and consumers a lot of money. Uh, one of the stats that we have on our website is in the U.S. last year, we spent over $460 billion, that's with a B in returns. 12% of that was fashion and accessories, which is still a lot. So if the goal here is to save 1% of that, we'll be doing a lot of justice for the planet and, and clients' wallets. When do you anticipate launching and what will that look like? Oh, the site is already live. Yeah, it's been okay. live uh yeah, for the past seven years, uh, I started with a landing page. I was collecting emails, mostly friends and family, and yeah, I kind of built size-wise in the open. It, it took a while to take the shape that you're seeing today, but yeah, it was never in the proper structure to, to launch or market or advertise anything. So this year is the first year that we're really now focused on a marketing campaign and getting the word out to try and find our audience and, and people that sees use in a product like this. So as far as the business model goes, is this something that brands will pay for or customers that want to know their size and style profile? There's multiple business models with SizeWise. The one that's live today is an affiliate model. The product is free for all clients. Anyone that visits the site will be able to use it without charge. And the way we make money is through affiliate sales. As a self-startup, part of the challenge was not having relationships with any brands. So getting inventory to Amazon's catalog was the best way to get my hands on as many products as I could to test the software to make sure that what we're proposing would work, and it does, thankfully. And uh, yeah, every sale that goes through SizeWise right now will redirect to Amazon, and we're just matching you against the size charts of products based on our inventory. So let's talk about the future a bit here. We've we've probably got about four minutes left, five minutes. What do you see for the future? You mentioned that the, the current iteration is as it is. And do you see that changing from an affiliate to something else? Oh, absolutely. It's already changing. Uh, we just released a new service where anyone can book a consultation from any one of our advisors. 
and you can book a 15, 30, or 45-minute video fashion consultation with a fashion consultant anywhere around the world. Uh, we're right now testing the soft launch of this. I have a consultant, Miriam, in Lebanon right now. She's a professional. She's a style analyst. She's a body weight expert. She's also good in makeup. And uh, yeah, she's helping me test this new service and feature. We've already successfully completed uh, a few consultations and we're getting great feedback. But the, the long-term future for SizeWise is beyond fashion. I'm seeing SizeWise as a hub for all things sizes. So if you can imagine people getting their personal information or their sizes within their size profile, they can buy anything beyond fashion. Uh, we, we can talk about healthcare. We can talk about the medical space, home, offices. Size is a very important part of our day-to-day -day life, the volume of things and spaces. So if someone needs, let's say, for example, an artificial limb, if SizeWise is able to capture their sizes accurately, and, and a part of the future too is making the technology better and capturing sizes easier, SizeWise should be able to deliver anything to fit. I should be able to send Carol an ergonomically fit chair for her because we know her dimensions. And how do you know the dimensions? Are people taking photos of their body or measurements? How, how does that work? Uh, it's very simple. It's what I learned from my grandmother. Use a tape measure. <laughs> we have tutorials on the website. We we try everything, even with our consultants, to help people learn how to measure themselves. And the reason I took this direction instead of the photo scan and all the other options out there is it's just the best way to find fit. I mean, if, if you're going to get a tuxedo for a wedding or a special event or a dress, we get measured. And the value of that is priceless. People that get custom-made clothing, we feel like a superhero. We want to wear it every day. You feel more confident. You look better. And I think just the idea of customers knowing what their inseam is and that measurement is instrumental in, in buying clothes that would be appropriate for that shape. How did the pandemic affect all that you're doing? That's kind of a, a recurring question here because I think many enterprises are still trying to find their footing. Well, to be honest with you, it didn't affect size-wise much. I was still in bill mode, so the product wasn't really ready for release. So as I said earlier, I was building it in public. There was no paid media going to the website. We got some traffic, but not enough for us to to make an impact. And uh, yeah, it was just trying to get things where they needed to be, writing blogs, doing keyword research, uh, asking friends and families for favors, and, and just trying to make, make sure that the architecture of the site worked. So yeah, throughout the pandemic, it was just mostly building, squashing bugs, and, and updating the software for what you see today. 
And how might our listeners find you? Uh, they can find me. I'm mostly active on Instagram. Uh, it's at Damien P, D-A-M-I-O-N, the letter P. And you usually can find me everywhere else at Damien P on Twitter, on Facebook. But I'm most active there. And how about SizeWise itself? How would our listeners find that? You can find SizeWise at shopsizewise.com. Nice. Thank you so much for sharing your story and sticking in there. <laughs> I know. It, it's an adventure. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Carol. Mm-hmm. This is Heartstock. As usual, we'll be back next week. See you then. Peace. And on the sign it says, no trespassing. Heartstock Radio is a production of KBMF 102.5 Butte America Radio. Hear our programs every Friday at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time via live stream at butteamericaradio.org.